See the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'd love it if you would check out my new website designed by the one and only Rockstar Marketing. I'll just say these guys rock. All right, the web address is talkwithfrancesca.com. You can find just about anything that you want or need to know about Talk with Francesca, whether it be an upcoming show, listening to a recent show, or just contact me. So on that note, if you have any questions, comments, or a show suggestion, don't hesitate to email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. I'll repeat that email. It is info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Or you can also use my contact form right on my site. Again, that is talkwithfrancesca.com. All right, a conversation that reaches beyond. We're going to get started. Talk with Francesca is sponsored today by Stacy's Home Decor. The web address is Stacy's, that's Stacy with an E, homedecor.com, Stacy's Decor.com. If your home needs a facelift, they offer in-home shopping. They'll come right out to see you, and you can choose from a wide variety of window coverings. Give them a call today at 781 781- Five nine five zero zero nine seven. I'll repeat that number seven eight one five nine five zero zero nine seven. And tell Vin that Francesca sent you. All right. Do you believe that winners never quit and quitters never win? Do you hang in longer than you should, even at the expense of your happiness? Our culture often defines quitting as defeat, but is persistence always the answer? Sometimes we just need to quit, and if we don't develop the ability to give up, we can end up in quite the discouraging loop. So with me this morning is Peg Streep. She's going to share with us why there are times when quitting can be a healthy response to an unattainable goal. Welcome, Peg, and thanks for joining us this morning on Talk with Francesca. Good morning, and thanks for having me. So, Peg, let's just dive right in. There's a lot to cover. Why do we fear quitting? Well, it's a cultural stance. Um, again, we, we tend to believe as a culture that the real problem is that people don't have the kind of stick to they need. Uh, it's kind of ironic because the default position for human beings, and it's hardwired into us, is actually persistence, not letting go. So, you know, when, when I was a kid, uh, my dad, who, you know, extreme perfectionist, God bless him, um, but, you know, it never quit. You got an A minus, you had to get an A. Or, you know, there was something wrong. But, you know, don't quit, never quit, don't, you know, you don't want to be called a quitter. And, you know, I, I think, and, and it had to do with reading at the time. You know, I'd read part of a book and I'd get kind of bored and I'd, I don't want to read this book anymore. But you know what? Telling me not to quit didn't, didn't help. Well, it doesn't. I mean, as I mentioned just before, uh, hanging in is actually our default position. Um, many, many eons ago, our forebearers, the problems that they had were largely physical. And it's really true that with physical activity, hanging in is almost always beneficial. In other words, if you're a hunter and you need to bag that caribou in order to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hanging in is really the best policy, because if you miss the creature the first time, all you need to do is continue to persist and make small adjustments, and eventually you'll succeed. Um, that's no longer true, but we're still possessed of all these habits of mind that keep us hanging in uh, when really we should be leaving. I mean, I think most of us, uh, when asked at situations that didn't work out, things, relationships that made us unhappy, Mm -hmm. jobs that were unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you leave that early, or in retrospect, did you actually 
stay long past the expiration date. And I think if most people think about it, the answer is the latter. Right. You stayed longer than you should have. I I think 99% of the time. But but I go back to that original question of fear. I mean, there seems to be a lot of fear around people leaving, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whatever it is, there seems to be fear behind it. I I know... um, you know, especially it being um, a female, a lot of female uh, relationships, I find that my friends, they don't want to leave a relationship that has long, as you said, passed the expiration date. Well, I mean, again, uh, human beings are a conservative lot, and I don't mean that politically. We prefer the known to the unknown, even when the known makes us unhappy. Uh, We worry about and it's actually called the sunk cost fallacy. We worry about what we've already invested in something. That could be a job, Mm. it could be an automobile, it could Mm -hmm. be a relationship. So we start thinking to ourselves, wait, if I leave, then all the time, all Mm -hmm. the energy, all the money I poured into whatever, right, Mm -hmm. will be lost. That's another way of being conservative, right? But of course the reality of it is that Whatever you put into that relationship, that job, that car, is gone. Staying and hanging in isn't going to return those investments. So by thinking that way, you keep yourself rooted to the ground, when really what you ought to be thinking of is, hmm, if I leave this, then in another two or three years, I could be in another place. Instead of worrying about, the two or three years you've already got invested, or the 20 years that you've got invested, or whatever amount of time it really is. Peg, you know, we're taught from day one that quitting is a uh, most unforgivable act, right? It's the ultimate demonstration of weakness. And, and do you think that plays a big part in why people stay longer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so then, then please dismantle, and, this, and again, <laughs> dismantle this deeply ingrained cultural myth for us, would you? Yes, it's a, it's a deeply ingrained uh, mythology, and it happens not to be true, in fact. Mm. As I said, we're, human beings are much more likely to err on the side of staying rather than going. Um, for one thing, all of us humans generally are uh, wildly and overly optimistic about our outcomes. Uh, when things go south, we tend not to take responsibility for them. We ascribe it to circumstances or other people. We also, when we're going after something, say we've been sitting in that job and we've been waiting, waiting, waiting for a promotion, and we get passed over, and we think, oh, well, I almost got it. So if I just show the boss how well I've done, another year, I'll get it. What we do is we see a miss as a near win. Now, that's evident when somebody plays the slot machines, right? Mm -hmm. They get... Uh, they get two oranges and one pear, and they oh, say, ah, darn. <laughs> I'm going to get three the next time, right? But we do that in our work. We do that in our relationships. We get the slightest sign from the person we're intimately connected to that he or she may actually be listening to us, and we go, yay, yippee, I don't have to leave. See, everything's changing. <laughs> and, of course, nothing has changed. It's just that you're seeing... Um, a myth that looks closer mm-hmm. as a win, you're standing in front of the slot machine of life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. seeing right. the two apples come up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's an irony in the cultural emphasis, and the reality of it is that most of us actually can need, need help 
in knowing when we need to let go and move on. If you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Peg Street, and we are talking about quitting, that that dirty word. Now, you know, uh, interestingly enough, Peg, I was interviewed just the other day by a newspaper, and um, the woman, the reporter, asked me if I was married. And I'm not married any longer. Um, I'm divorced. And I kind of shrunk down. There was sort of that feeling of, oh, I feel like I... I'm a quitter, you know, I, I sound like I must be a quitter. or So there, there's a, a, a lot of shame, I think, that, that possibly might go along with quitting as well. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, it's better to succeed as, at whatever it is. But the reality of it is that if you are not succeeding at it, your job, your career, your relationship, is it better to soldier forth and pretend you're succeeding? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. Now, there are good ways of quitting and bad ways of quitting. You need, I think we, we, you talked a little bit about in your book, um, it was the art of quitting, although you changed it. It was not initially the art of quitting. It was just quitting. Is that right? Actually, it was the reverse. The, or, originally, the book was called Mastering the Art of Quitting. Okay. So, and, um, and it became, in its paperback incarnation, Quitting. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I think, I think you said that we need to have a talent for quitting, quitting, and I would love to know what you mean by that. And when we come back, let's talk about um, imagining a new flight plan uh, complete with a successful landing, okay? So stay with us here. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. We'll be right back. Love your stylist but bored with your look? You can expect something different at the Professional Stylist Forum. Their team of the North Shore's most established platform artists work in a think tank environment where every client experiences the forum's collective mind. The forum specializes in advanced hair design, extensions, medical aesthetics, makeup artistry, and world-class professional education. The team behind your style is conveniently located in the heart of Historic Andover Center. At 354 North Main Street, this 3,000-square-foot facility offers a relaxing setting complete with modern treatment rooms and access to the latest innovative beauty and lifestyle services and luxury products. So call the forum today for a guaranteed five-star treatment at 978-210-8552. That number again is 978-210-8552. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You shouldn't either. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. All right, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. We are back, and I'm talking to Peg Street. Welcome back, Peg. Thank you. So let's talk. Let's get practical here. Um, Practically speaking, how do we sort of create this new flight plan and complete it with successful landing, sort of balancing between realism and optimism? And how do you sort of find that internal thermostat? Well, some people um, who are actually 
self-confident enough um, are better at quitting naturally than others. Um, that is the key word, isn't it? Self-confidence. Yes. That's mm-hmm. one, well, one of them. Uh, the other is, all right, let's just imagine uh, two different people. You're, you're looking at this mountain, and the task at hand is to climb it. One kind of person looks at the mountain and says, hmm, it's going to be tough, but the view is going to be fabulous. And I could have some setbacks, but I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'll turn back. That's person A. That person, by the way, is someone who knows how to set tasks and leave as necessary. Person B looks at the mountain and says, hey, maybe the view will be great, but boy, I could make a mess out of this. I could really fail. You think there's a way around this mountain somehow so I could avoid the challenge? Ooh, the cost of avoidance. That's right. So person A, actually, in psychology, is called an approach-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Person B is an avoidant, avoidantly-oriented person. So, again, um, the people who are best at quitting, and they also happen to be high achievers, are people who factor in the possibility, by the way, of either failing, or having to quit, and then regrouping. The people who really see life as a series of pitfalls to be avoided uh, and who are concerned about failure are also the people who tend to get stuck and they overstay. They stay in relationships too long. They stay in dead-end jobs too long. They stay in circumstances that make them unhappy. And those people are the people who are really concerned about failing are actually the people who have to learn how to let go and how to basically accept the fact that if you're going to climb the mountain, the likelihood is that there's going to be some slippage. And you'll be okay. You'll recover. Oh, and if it doesn't work, there'll be plan B. I think that a lot, I'm just, I'm, I'm, this is a little armchair psychology here, of which I have no business uh, <laughs> but um, getting into. But I, I do think that if we have had an upbringing, or for those of um, us who have had an upbringing that hasn't created a feeling of safety, that it's going to be more difficult to to branch out and to to let, to actually let go. And uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I mean, because you know, if we're if we're unsafe as a child, just because we're five years old and we have a reason to feel unsafe at forty five years old, when we are much stronger and we've survived the worst. There's still that little little girl or little boy inside that, that is like, oh, no way. I'm safe now. I'm not going anywhere. So I think in fairness to those those people, those of us that have gone through that, it can be really, really frightening. Now, the, the, the almost comical part of it all is that people like so tend to be also those same people who are so, so strong because they've had to be. And they don't even know their own strength. And those are the people who are the strongest of survivors as well. Yeah. I mean, again, this is really learning how to let go and when you need to let go and being able to actually let go. Um, In fact, the inspiration for the book, believe it or not, was conversations with friends and acquaintances who had left situations but continued to obsess about them. They'd left marriages, they'd left jobs, they'd left careers, but that was all they talked about. And I thought, well, why are these people so stuck? So this is afterwards, you're saying? That's right. And part of the problem is that being able to quit or leave 
also means that you leave the emotional baggage, all of your feelings, behind you. If you walk through the door carrying the baggage from your last adventure, you haven't walked through the door at all. And people do it all the time. Newly divorced people mm-hmm. finally go out on a date, and they know that the one thing that they shouldn't do mm-hmm. is have the conversation right. devolve into a complaint festival about their ex. But what happens most of the time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One half a glass of wine later, <laughs> suddenly. A half a glass <laughs> of wine. There's a diatribe. And people <laughs> do half it a glass? I thought I, I thought I was a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, you know, people do it in jobs, too. Everybody knows that the one thing that you should not do if you've left one employer is to go on an interview and criticize your former employer. Absolutely. You know, people do it all the time. You know, Pat, just as sort of a side note here, I think today with the acceleration of life the way it is with social media, texting, etc., it's also very easy to distract ourselves from the actual pain of exiting. You know, I mean, there, it's, it's, everything is boom, boom, boom. You know, I mean, if you're, you, you don't, it's almost like we don't allow ourselves to feel our feelings. And I, I know I'm sort of veering off onto a, an entirely different kind of thought process there. But, but I, I think there's a lot of that that goes on, too. I mean, we're just, just moving so fast. It's okay. It's all right. The relationship doesn't work. Oh, well, that's all right because I've got so many other things to do. And Actually, you find yourself five, ten years later stuck in this dead end relationship that you should have ended a long time ago because of that. I'm not sure it's distraction so much as it is. I think that what social media has provided, and it's, it can be positive, but it's also largely negative, is this need for individuals who really don't have a public persona to create a public persona, and that doesn't help. I mean, you, you know, you go on Facebook, and um, the divorce rate in this country, looking at people's photographs, should be at zero. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. So, I mean, I think that there's, you know, it's one smiling picture after another. And I think that there's, you know, the, the need on social media to curate your life not only is a distraction, right, mm-hmm. but it's another level of keeping you stuck. And, you know, your point's well taken mm-hmm. when you were asked whether or not uh, you were married. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, people like to look as good as they can look. And um, it's not as though getting divorced is a gold star in the, in the culture. Well, exactly. And, you know, but, but my big question is, and this also has to do with quitting, is, you know, that sort of what will they think? Well, I'm always curious about who they are, you know, and, and, and I think that at some point in our lives, whether we um, had a strong foundation growing up or not, we do need to be our own manager and, and not care what other people think. And I, I say this often on the air um, for very good reason. I believe that what other people think is really none of our business. And I think if we we could carry that philosophy with us, all of us, myself included, because I have to remind myself all the time that it really is none of our business and it really is just a complete waste of time to be worrying about what other people think. And I think that's a big part of leaving um, a relationship, not so much a job. I mean, you know, people, you know, you leave a job if you say, oh, I thought I had the best job in the world, but it just didn't turn out right well. I'm going to leave. Good for you. That's fine. You say, I thought I had the greatest relationship in the world, but it's not working out. I'm going to leave. Ugh. You know, well, it's like actually, the sacred I'm cow, gonna, you know? I'm going to agree and disagree with you on that. I mean, again, the cultural onus is on giving up. That's the point. Quitter, you know, real people don't quit. So right. it depends. Um, and there were people I interviewed for my book who did this. The culture's not 
The culture is pretty good if you're 28 years old and you decide that, after all, you don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah, you went to law school, but you're going to use the degree in another way. Right. The culture is not exactly cheering you on, say, if you're 43, have two children and a mortgage, and you wake up one morning and say, actually, I don't want to be a partner in this law firm. What I want to be is a school teacher. Right. And um, one of the people I interviewed, actually, uh, was a woman who made that change in her life, went from a very highly paid uh, legal professional uh, specializing in litigation with, with all that went with it, private school for the children, cars, house, you name it, and became a school teacher because she really was not happy in the day-to-day, and she had absolutely no support. Um, and it took her 15 years to make the choice, and um, I'm happy to report that she loves her life. That's fabulous. You know, Peg, we have just a little less than five minutes left, and um, I would love to be able to spend the, the last uh, couple of minutes really talking about, practically speaking, ways that people who are struggling with letting go, how we can, you know, you can sort of guide them along and give them some, some practical tips. Sure. Um, one thing that you have to do, uh, and this is women tend to do it more than men, but men do it too, is you have to stop second-guessing, and ruminating. Mm-hmm. Um, rumination is that habit of mind. can happen at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and it'll have you up or in the middle of the day when you're driving somewhere. You sure where you're running events <laughs> over and over and over in your head. Don't. You have to stop. And particularly if you're obsessed with what you could have done differently. Don't. Um, second of all, set goals for yourself. Um, the science is pretty clear on the fact that writing down what you want to do next actually helps clarify. Uh, Make a goal plan. And what you should also do, particularly if you're making a major shift in your life, is make sure that your goals are in sync. In other words, uh, if you've decided that you're going to shift careers or you want a bigger job, but one of your secondary goals actually is to have more free time or spend more time with your family, you need to recognize that those two goals are actually not congruent. Right. You right. cannot both have a bigger, better job and also have more free time. Maybe unfair, but it's the truth. So um, map out goals for yourself. Uh, deal with your rumination, right? And then to get your goals accomplished, be realistic about whether or not your goals and who you are actually are in sync. So um, if your goal is... Uh, specifically a professional one, do you have the skill set? Do you have the mindset? Will it actually make you happy? I mean, again, making sure that you're not pursuing a pipe dream uh, is really important. And then the fourth thing is to prepare yourself. Uh, use what the psychologists call if-then thinking. Plan, plan your goal setting and where you want to go next with a game plan. If X happens, then I will do Y. I mean, a lot of the time we end up stuck because we're playing it off the cuff. Uh, people end up storming out of offices mm-hmm. and relationships, for that matter, right. because they permit themselves to get to a place where it's nothing but emotion, emotion, and more emotion. Don't do that. Plan. Peg, um, it's, it's been a, a fascinating discussion this morning. Peg Streep. Uh, what is your website? <clears throat> you can 
find me. My website is not yet up, but you can find me on uh, www.facebook.com backslash pegstreetauthor. Fantastic. And I blog for Psychology Today and Psych Central. Great. Thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca this morning. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. We need to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Pets are family. That's why I take my dog to Poochie's Dog Grooming in Saugus. I know my furry friend is going from smelling crummy to yummy because Liz and Courtney at Poochie's Dog Grooming really care. Whatever your pet's needs are, be it dematting to extra scissoring or a special bath with essential oils, they have your furry friend covered. So call Poochie's Dog Grooming today at 781-558-5816 or visit PoochieSpa.com, voted number one by their clients on Boston's A-List. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com.